AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for stopping by the channel today. I am JD from New York, and this is Off The Script, episode 404 for your Thursday, January 20th, 2022. We have a lot to get into today, man. A lot of news on this Thursday afternoon. Finally. WWE 2K22 and the 2K team have announced what is going on with the new game. The new WWE game coming out for next generation consoles. We got a cover superstar. People are upset about the cover superstar. We got a trailer. We got a release date for the new game coming out. Are you excited? I'm going to pretty much guarantee the answer is no. I don't know why anybody would be excited about a trailer and about still screenshots of a game from a developer that really hasn't earned your trust. That's just my honest opinion. I'm not really throwing shade at anybody in the 2K community, or maybe I am. Maybe I am. I am the IWC Villain, I'm the biggest heel that there is here, apparently, according to some, depending on what circles you guys reside in. But we'll go over that. Not really too keen on the video game. The game that I am waiting for, and uh, I guess this is because I'm a Tony Khan paid shill, but I'm excited about the AEW game because it's pretty much going to be a very similar engine to the video games of old that we all grew up with, the No Mercies, the N64 games, WCW vs. NWO. That's my type of stuff. So that's what I'm excited about. We'll talk about 2K here on the podcast. Also, Sami Zayn, reportedly, now it's confirmed, officially resigns with the WWE. We'll talk about that. I got details on him signing a new WWE deal. That was confirmed today via Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful Select. Finn Balor, he's getting buried on Monday Night Raw. Finn Balor's getting buried on Monday Night Raw. Vince doesn't see much in Finn Balor. He's only using Finn to put over new, younger talent. But WWE, Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, they won't release Finn Balor. Maybe they will. I don't know. It depends on what side of the bed they wake up on on the day where they want to do releases. But according to some... WWE doesn't want to let Finn Balor go because they don't want another individual on their side jumping ship to AEW. That much is very well apparent. So we'll talk about that 
And Walter. Walter. The name change that has everybody up in arms. I'm assuming that the pitchforks and the torches were out of Titan Tower or out near Titan Tower today or this week, rather, since NXT ended on Tuesday night. Somebody wanted Vince McMahon's balls. I know I wanted Bruce Pritchard fired. A lot of people in the community up in arms about this possible name change. But I found out information today, and it was very interesting. Did you guys realize that WWE had Walter, the name Walter, trademarked since the summer of 2019? So, so why are we getting a name change? Why are we getting a name change? Oh, that's right. Nothing from the Triple H era can remain. It needs to be somebody new, right? He needs to go under a new persona. He needs to have the Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard stamp of approval. Because if he went under the name Walter, then Triple H would have to get all the benefit. And all the all the praise from what he did with Walter. Well, we can't have Walter show up and be this monster and everybody remember him from the Triple H days. He's got to be renamed, Bruce. What can we come up with? That's what I'm thinking. So the name change, even though they have Walter trademarked, was done for personal and political reasons. So we'll talk about that. Apparently, WWE dropped the trademark. Is there any way that we can get this name reverted back to what he is originally going by or what he was originally going by in Walter? I don't know. I don't know. I urge people to take to social media and voice your opinions. This is the only time we'll be able to do it in something like this. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I got that and so much more on today's OTS, man. Thank you guys for joining me on episode 404. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We got the Monday Night Raw post show live on YouTube Monday. We got the NXT 2.0 post show live on Monday with my initial reactions to the breaking news that Walter had his name changed Tuesday night. I couldn't believe it. I was almost uh, shell-shocked, to be honest with you. Stunned, speechless. So go check that out. Jesse and I were live on Wednesday last night with the AEW Dynamite post show on OTS. And go check out all the other stuff, man. Last week, there was episode 403 that went up on Tuesday afternoon right before NXT. We talked about the WWE not moving forward with a champion versus champion match at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns will not be a unification champion versus champion match. So I honestly gave you guys the reality of the situation. If that's not the case, then we are probably looking at a major situation with Lashley beating Lesnar and either Lesnar going into the Rumble, possibly Reigns, depending on which way they want to go, winning the Royal Rumble. Either one of those guys could win it after losing their respective titles. More likely, Lesnar. Reigns should not lose the championship. And the reality of the situation about Omos... Either winning the Royal Rumble, possibly, or the Elimination Chamber. And Omos versus Lashley is slowly but surely becoming the reality of the situation. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would uh, put money on that being the plan internally 
for WWE going into WrestleMania. So if you guys missed that, that was uploaded on Tuesday. Go and check that out live on YouTube right now and live via all audio platforms as well. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Make sure you guys use the code JD at checkout to get your free sample. Try the service on me. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handle. Rey Mysterio, WWE 2K22. He is now the cover star of this year's new WWE 2K22 video game, hitting next-gen consoles and PC. For over 30 years, Rey Mysterio has built a career as one of the most revered names, one of the most inspirational names in all of professional wrestling, his creativity, his colorful masks, all of the many memorable moments. His legacy lives on its own, man. Everybody knows how important Rey Mysterio is to the world of professional wrestling. Mysterio has a ton of accolades, a ton of honors. He can add another one to the list as being the cover athlete for WWE 2K22. And I quote, representing the culture of Lucha Libre, he says, as the cover superstar for WWE 2K22 is a moment of great pride for me. I'm looking forward to sharing the stories behind the big moments of my career with a dedicated community of players and connecting with WWE fans in a whole new way as they play through my 2K showcase, end quote. Now, if you guys know or are in the video game realm, WWE did not release a game in 2021. The 2022 edition of the game is coming out for PlayStation and Xbox consoles as well as PC and that will be delivered on March 11th of this year. So right before WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas. Apparently the game features a completely redesigned gameplay engine, a variety of game modes, including the 2K showcase for Rey Mysterio, uh, and that shines a light on all of his biggest moments and highlights in the man's career. Mysterio, who's 47 years old, doesn't look it, doesn't move it, began his WWE journey in 2002, and this was obviously starting his career in Mexico, going to Japan, North America, promotions that he worked for, obviously WCW, ECW. He was only 28 years old when he signed with WWE and now wrestles with his 24-year-old son, Dominic, who he is, you know, wrestling with right now, currently still a part of the Mysterio tag team. They were tag team champions, the first father and son tag team, I believe, in WWE history. Mysterio went on to talk about that. He says, and I quote, I think every moment, every accolade that I have through my career has had a different meaning, Mysterio said during this press conference. Just being able to share the ring with my son for the first time was a very special moment. And not only that, we became tag team champions, the first father and son duo in WWE history. It's been an incredible ride, and I've enjoyed every moment that I've had in the ring, you know, from my beginning in 89 up until now in 2022. Now, status as the WWE 2K22 cover athlete Follows a career in which Mysterio consistently exceeds expectations. And despite being five foot six in a world of giants in the WWE, Mysterio and his style and his charisma made him a fan favorite and a three time world champion, amongst other things, obviously. Now that things have just flourished and manifested, I'm putting this out in the world. I want to be, or I want to have, a WrestleMania moment with my son before I end up. My mask for good. End quote. Now, 
there will be modes. I believe GM mode is coming back. There will be a, a My Faction mode in 2K22. There will be a Universe mode. Obviously, WWE has delayed this game from coming out. It should have been out a lot earlier, but WWE, being that Nick Khan likes to uh, push the termination button wherever he resides or wherever his office is in Stanford, Connecticut at Titan Tower, WWE had all these releases happen and the game got delayed. And this set the game back to the March 11th date. I saw the trailer. There were uh, a ton of... uh, I would say appearances in the trailer by various WWE superstars, Tim the Tatman, uh, world-renowned video game streamer. He was in there. Machine Gun Kelly, who I believe is providing the soundtrack for this year's game. We've seen, I guess, clips of how the motion capture worked and what they were doing to film the motion capture. It was a very well-done trailer, but at the end of the day, we don't really have any concrete information on the game but words in a fucking press release. And that's my problem with this entire situation, not only with 2K, but with all these games. The gaming industry right now is at the lowest point I think I've ever seen it. There is nothing out there that is generating any interest. It's all the same shit. I mean, I think, honestly, right now, Fortnite is what everybody's talking about with the latest update. I don't play Fortnite. I don't really play Battle Royale. I think Battle Royale is a dying trend, to be quite honest with you. With the whole Activision and Blizzard deal being bought out by Microsoft and Bobby Kotick, who reminds me so much of Vince McMahon, and how he's destroyed Call of Duty, it's depressing. It really is depressing. I really wish somebody would swoop in like Microsoft swooped in to buy Activision and Blizzard and actively will remove Bobby Kotick, the CEO over there at Activision, after the deal is finalized. I wish somebody would do that with WWE and remove Vince McMahon from power because people want a better product. Will Call of Duty be a better product? I don't know. I hope so. Something needs to be done. The franchise is absolutely the worst it's ever been. And there are similarities between that and WWE. It really it really mirrors itself. Both situations mirror itself, man. It's crazy. But the thing with 2K, and, and I don't want to throw any shade at anybody in the community, man. I, I know there are people out there that are excited. I, feel, I genuinely feel bad for the people that are still playing the old game and trying to come up with new content until the new game comes out. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I know I could not. I find it difficult to talk about the WWE product being how bad it is. I can't I can't bring myself to do it on most nights. I fight through, but it's not easy, man. And all I want is a better product. At the end of the day, that's all I want. Everybody is excited. I'm not saying you can't give benefit of the doubt. But I don't think anything related to the WWE deserves anybody's benefit of the doubt. And I mean that wholeheartedly. A lot of people wanted to give WWE the benefit of the doubt on a lot of different things. And they usually end up disappointed in the end. Do not give these people the benefit of the doubt. All we are looking at are words on paper and still screenshots. Do you realize that this is the oldest trick in the book? These companies, these publishers, these developers, 
they'll put out a screenshot and it looks like the greatest fucking thing you'd ever seen, man. Truly next gen. We are now looking at a March 11th release date. It's January 20th. You mean to tell me that you don't have gameplay ready? You mean to tell me you can't show us any gameplay to kind of fan all of the the pessimistic people out there? Because that's all you got. I don't know who in their right mind wants to be optimistic about this game. I don't. Still screenshots are not enough to whet anybody's appetite when it comes to this year. It's the oldest trick in the book. WWE has already ruined this game with everything that they've done on their end, set them back at the development studio. I don't know who's going to be in the game. For all we know, I believe 2K is announcing an Undertaker pack and an NWO pack. And I mean, this is what we're looking at because of WWE's shortcomings. And with everything that we've hated from the old game, how much of that is going to come into the new game And are the development team listening to its audience? I don't know. We need to see gameplay. We need to see how things work. You should be giving us little by little. Their lack of communication already has me as a consumer worried. You should be giving us what the game looks like. It's January 20th. It's time to step up to the fucking plate. I don't want to see gameplay two weeks before the fucking game is released. That means to me that they're hiding something. That the game truly isn't finished. And like everything else that's come out this year, Call of Duty and Battlefield, which was a fucking disaster, even Halo. I loved Halo at the start. Died after a month. It wore away. There wasn't anything to it. All of these teams, the gaming industry... They're very shady. I don't really think, I don't really think they are for the people, man. They're being controlled by others. And I really feel like uh, they don't have the best interest of the consumer at the core in their heart. It sucks. I would not be excited about this. AEW's game, that's a game I'd be excited about. Because I believe that they are updating you when they can. I don't even know if it's anywhere close to being released. I would hope so this year. But that's the game that I'm most interested in. WWE has had time and time and time again to get it right. 2K's had time and time and time to get it right, and they have not. So why do you think this year would be any different? If it fails this year, they're out as development team. They are no longer going to make WWE games anymore, and after that, the franchise may be finished, just like everything else. And people are upset about Rey Mysterio being the fucking cover star. Like, why are you upset about the fucking cover star, but nobody's complaining about the lack of fucking gameplay that we've not gotten? It's unbelievable to me. The community are a bunch of imbeciles. We'll see what happens. Mickey James. We all know she's the Impact Women's World Champion. She intends on wearing that Impact Women's Championship to the Royal Rumble. Mickey James was recently on Busted Open Radio, the former WWE superstar, now in the Royal Rumble, has been confirmed for the match, which caused everybody to get excited for absolutely no reason. She's made it clear that her plans are to walk to the ring with the title around her waist. She says, and I quote on Busted Open, I think it's pretty important 
And I feel like the fact that Pat McAfee has already mentioned it on television and referred to me as the Knockouts World Champion, that was really powerful. Mickey James being the Impact World Champion has not been mentioned since Pat McAfee has mentioned it on SmackDown when that announcement was made. Why is that? Everybody's claiming that WWE is opening up their own forbidden door with Impact. Everybody's claiming that Impact wrestlers will be in the Royal Rumble. People were even going as far as to say Cody Rhodes, being a free agent in All Elite Wrestling, will show up as dashing Cody Rhodes or Stardust in the Royal Rumble. That John Moxley would be in the Royal Rumble. These people clearly have peas for brains. Nobody from AEW will ever be on WWE television. Get it through your skull. I don't know where these rumors and innuendos started, but clearly some fucking egg on Twitter apparently wanted to have fun at the expense of the entire community, and everybody got trolled. I don't know why you would believe any Twitter account or report claiming that AEW is going to walk through this Irrelevant WWE Forbidden Door. Impact is not even walking through the fucking Forbidden Door. Pat McAfee mentioned Mickey James. Was he supposed to? I don't think he was supposed to. I honestly think he had a slip of the tongue and then he got lashed for it. How lashed did he get? How much of a lashing did Pat McAfee receive? I don't know. But nothing was ever mentioned. It was that night, Pat McAfee said it, the entire Impact roster was fucking throwing parades, balloons, and popping the bubbly on social media. Mickey James looks like a fucking sellout with her black trash bag. It was not mentioned since then. No mention of it on Monday Night Raw, as everybody hypes the Women's Royal Rumble. It wasn't mentioned on SmackDown the following weeks. WWE hasn't even mentioned it on their social media pages. They did. They did that night. But everybody seems to think that there's a forbidden door with impact. There is no forbidden door. It doesn't exist. There's no partnership with impact. Moose is not showing up in the Royal Rumble. Uh, If we do see a superstar from impact, it could be Matt Cardona. His name's been in the news, claiming that he would take a look at WWE and maybe think about going back there. Uh, He would love to go back there if the deal was right. He's not giving up his podcast, he said. I don't know who he would be. Would he be Zack Ryder, Broski, Zack Ryder, Long Island IZ, Zack Ryder, or would he be the Matt Matt Cardona that has transformed his fucking career? I don't know. Rhino, or anybody like that, Big Cass. You're not going to get Impact Originals in the Royal Rumble. And I'm even going as far as to say those names. That is a stretch, to be brutally honest with you. But Mickey James is not going to be a difference maker for the Royal Rumble. You do realize that Mickey James was offered a large black bag of cash because WWE wants to make good. WWE wants to sweep all that in, all that information that we heard about Mickey James and the black trash bag and the social media fucking chaos that it caused. They want to sweep it under the rug. Additionally, they have no women. To bring back, Mickey James is a WWE legend who's now apparently working for somebody else. They figured, you know what? Impact is not really a, 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 a fucking big deal to anybody. Let's bring her back. 
So Vince got on the phone with Bruce. Bruce got on the phone with Johnny Laurinaitis. And Johnny Laurinaitis, as the yes man that he is, had to call Mickey James up and apologize, even though they didn't really want to. It's beneath WWE to apologize to anybody. Offered her X amount of money, and she took it. And now she's claiming that, oh, John Laurinaitis and WWE apologized to me for what they did. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. She still looks like a sellout. And nobody, nobody should be put in a situation where their self-worth and their self-respect is worth a large black bag of money. Your creative freedom is where it needs to be now. They didn't give a shit about any of that. They didn't give a shit about you. They didn't give a shit about women's professional wrestling. In fact, Bruce Pritchard, because you mentioned him indirectly, told you that women's wrestling is not a draw and women's wrestling doesn't sell. So you got fired and you went to show him how empowering women's wrestling can be. And you had a women's pay-per-view that NWA put on their platform that Tony Khan partially funded, right? Because you were using AEW talent and you put on your own show. You were executive producer of this show. What happened? Now you're back in the same company that told you that WWE's not doing their all women's pay-per-view again. That women's wrestling sucks. No, but that's enough for you to go back there, right? I don't give a shit about a Mickey James inclusion in the Royal Rumble. I don't give a fuck if Impact is being uh, showcased at the Royal Rumble. What does it mean for Impact? WWE hasn't mentioned it since. It's now old news. What is it going to do for Impact? What is it going to add? 10,000 people to their 80,000 weekly viewers? Great! How many of those people will remain on watching the show coming from the WWE side? Nobody. Nobody. AEW didn't help Impact. They helped Impact with Kenny Omega in the main event as the Impact World Champion and the AEW World Champion, wrestling Rich Swan, who is another guy who I love and think is a great professional wrestler. Kenny Omega got Impact to where they need to bring that show to the highest buy rate that they've ever done. So what exactly did Impact do for AEW? Nothing. They did nothing. AEW realized very early on that it was all about Kenny Omega. AEW realized that Impact and working with Impact and a partnership with Impact was going to get them nothing. The benefit was not there for AEW. So what do they do? Hey, yeah, we'll send Christian Cage over there. He's a former Impact champion. You could use him in the time, the time being. Get Moose, the world championship. Use our guy there. You know, Kenny Omega is going to go and uh, do his own thing with the Elite. It's ridiculous. Impact is a dead brand. Mickey James being the Impact Women's Champion in the Royal Rumble will mean nothing after she gets eliminated. WWE doesn't give a shit about Impact. And WWE doesn't need Impact. If it was up to WWE, they'd kill Impact. And then take the roster. And the, the library. I don't give a shit about Impact. Mickey James is such an inconsequential fucking blip on the radar for WWE. She's just there as a warm body in the Royal Rumble to fill 30 spots, to be one woman to fill one of 30 spots. The Impact Championship and the fact that she's the Impact Champion means absolutely nothing to anybody. Otherwise, it would have been gloated about and hyped up and mentioned on TV and on social media, which we've seen zero of since Pat McAfee. So she intends on wearing the championship. Great. Great. We'll see what happens at the Royal Rumble. Monday Night Raw. 
Monday Night Raw. 117-22. The ratings are in. They went up against a football game, apparently, and... I, I don't really understand the rating. Everybody was like, the rating was up. The rating was down. The rating was down from the previous week, but everybody in the IWC, apparently, uh, said that the rating was up. I don't know, where? So the Monday Night Football game, which is a playoff game, it wasn't a part of the regular season. I was actually shocked when I was flipping through the TV guide on the cable box. I'm like, Monday Night Football? What are we doing here? This was the first time in history that a playoff game was taking place on a Monday. So this week's edition of Monday Night Raw saw the ratings, I, I would say, hold steady. Could have been worse. So Brandon Thurston of Russellnomics, the guy who's usually reporting these ratings, said the episode drew an average of 1.613 million viewers on the USA Network. That was down in total viewership from the week prior, which was a 1.632. Now, the 18 to 49 demo was up. The demo this week was a 0.43 that was up from the 0.39. I don't know why. WWE usually announces nothing for these shows in advance. And when you find out what happens on the show, it's usually about 7.30. Or sometimes never. They never say anything. And you go into the show blind. The show was expected to be down as it went up against an NFL football game between the Rams and Cardinals on ABC and ESPN that did over 23 million viewers. So last week's show... It went up against a college football game with Georgia and Alabama. That did over 22 million viewers. The 18 to 49 demo saw Hour 1 at a 0.47. Hour 2 did a 0.43. And Hour 3, that dreaded Hour 3, did a 0.40. So Hour 3 this week did a 1.456. That Hour 3 is absolutely killer, man. Oh, my goodness. Hour one did a 1.73, and hour two did a 1.65. Raw was ranked number six in the cable top 150 shows for the night, which was up from last week's number nine ranking. Raw was a dumpster fire. I can't stand it. If you want to watch something that is completely unimportant and irrelevant to what's going on, if you missed Monday Night Raw, and I said this out loud to myself, if I missed two months of Monday Night Raw, I would have missed nothing. I would have missed nothing. That's the current state of Monday Night Raw now. I'm surprised that they remained as steady as they did because the show sucked. And uh, I'm looking forward to it being down because the upcoming episodes of Raw, um, this is the February 7th episode. USA Network will air men's figure skating. And on February 13th, they will air freestyle skiing. So Monday Night Raw will not be broadcast on the USA Network. Now, they will be moving Raw to the Sci-Fi Network on both of those days. That is, that is uh, February 7th and February 13th due to the Winter Olympics coverage. This is the first time that Raw won't air in its normal time slot since 2005. So, we have Raw being preempted. And I will be here to give you guys the absolutely dreadful rating that will be coming to Monday Night Raw with a huge smile on my face. Uh, if you guys remember, NXT was moved from the USA Network and aired on Sci-Fi due to the Summer Olympics. The first episode did the lowest total viewership in the history of the show, while the second episode did NXT's lowest demo in history. So look forward to that. Once again, that is February 7th and February 13th. 
Finn Balor. WWE is burying Finn Balor. Vince McMahon sees no value or faith in Finn Balor. But they will not release him because they don't want him to defect to AEW. Now, reports surfaced yesterday about Finn Balor and what his status is on Monday Night Raw being that he doesn't really look all that good creatively on Monday night. Vince McMahon apparently has very little interest in pushing Finn Balor, and many were left to wonder if there's any plan for Balor from a creative standpoint. If a report from ringside news is to be believed, there is no plan for Finn Balor, but also no plan to release him either, as the company hopes to prevent him from going to AEW. According to the report from ringside news, a source that they know within WWE creative said this, and I quote, Vince never had faith in Balor. To him, Balor is a high spot guy that doesn't sell in a way that means box office. He sells, then he's doing a spot, and Vince just thinks he's filler on the roster. Now, that was the quote from this WWE creative geek that Ringside News apparently knows and is uh, very close with. According to the same source, the likelihood of Finn Balor being released is also slim because although his contract isn't low cost, and I quote, even if he's making a million a year, that is not a lot of money by today's standards, end quote. The source said that there was an awareness that AEW would bend over backwards for somebody like Finn Balor. So the goal right now within WWE is to prevent another defection, but also went on to add that virtually nobody is off the table when it comes to determining what stars will be released. So why did we call him up from NXT? Seriously, th this, this is a very skewed report. It's very up and down. Finn Balor apparently is not in the good graces of Vince McMahon. Vince doesn't see him as a guy that's going to lead a brand or be anything important on a brand. Vince has no faith in Balor. Vince thinks Balor's a high spot guy. Vince doesn't think that Finn Balor is box office enough. Vince thinks he's just filler. But then the report says they don't want him going to AEW. So why are you spending money on somebody to keep them employed? Somebody like Balor could be highly beneficial to any brand he's on. No matter what he's making, why is he on the show and why is he representing WWE if you don't want him there realistically? If you don't plan on using him, then why aren't you cutting payroll and getting rid of him and having him go do something else? Go work somewhere else. Be free of your bullshit. Oh, that's right. You don't want him going to AEW. But I thought, I thought AEW wasn't competition, Vince. I thought AEW wasn't competition, Bruce. What happened? Something changed, right? Something changed. Oh, that's right. Also, you guys go to publications like the Toronto Star and publish quotes, which I'm assuming were directly from Vince McMahon because who else would use gory and self-mutilation in the highlighted words there in that quote? Directly came from Vince McMahon. No, you want to go to these publications and really try and deter advertisers 
from joining AEW and advertising during Dynamite. You want to hit them where it hurts. I get it. I get it, but they're not. They're not competition. You know, this this Balor story is very odd to me. You know, Monday Night Raw is accumulating the, the lowest ratings in the history of the show. I'm not saying Balor's a draw. All I'm saying is Balor is somebody that could be used in matches that would generate a lot of interest with Edge, a lot of interest with AJ Styles, but WWE doesn't want to play to those, those audiences. You see, they would never do a Finn Balor and AJ Styles match because Vince hates pro wrestling. They would never do a Balor-AJ Styles match because of where both guys came from. They know where they came from. They're not stupid. They'll never let you know that they know, but they know. They won't ever do that match because Vince hates professional wrestling. They won't ever do that match because Vince hates the wrestling fan. He thinks we're all smelly, overweight, unintelligent, poor marks. That's exactly what Vince thinks of us. So he won't do that match because it would bring out something in us. It would bring out something in the wrestling fan that he doesn't really want polluting his shows. But what he doesn't realize is that he's polluting his own shows with formulaic, boring, half-assed, lazy, uninspired, soulless creative that we have to sit through for three fucking hours and there's no end in sight. Meanwhile, Bruce and Vince think it's some fucking groundbreaking three-hour show that does nothing. They don't know what the fuck they're doing on Monday or Friday and now Tuesday. Trifecta. They don't know what the fuck they are doing. But Finn Balor, he doesn't have any faith in Finn Balor. He sees Finn Balor as a high spot guy. He sees Finn Balor as filler. He sees Finn Balor as How much filler is on Monday Night Raw, Vince? On a three-hour show, you got how many segments? 28, uh, 21 segments? 21 segments on that show? How many of those 21 segments is filler on Monday night? I'd be lucky to get one fucking segment that piques my interest. And if, it, if it's not Finn Balor, or Brock Lesnar, rather, why can't it be Finn Balor? Why? Right now, if it's not Lesnar, there's no point in watching You even diminished Edge, of all fucking people, by feuding him with the fucking Miz that nobody asked for. No, but Balor is the fucking problem. It's unbelievable to me, man. They don't want another defection. Where do you think he's going to go after his contract expires? Don't you think it would be in your best interest to keep him happy and maybe... Maybe keep him signed after his contract expires? Now, that's a little too difficult for you. You got to punish him. You got to drive the stake into the heart slowly but surely. Finn Balor will be released before all is said and done. Not because Vince has no faith in him. Not because Vince thinks he's filler. The reason why Vince doesn't like Finn Balor or has no interest in pushing Finn Balor is because Finn is a Paul Levesque guy. Paul Levesque saw Finn Balor as a main event guy. Vince McMahon can't think the same way Paul Levesque thinks. It's just the truth of the matter, folks. 
So if you want your Prince Devitt back on the indies or going back to Japan or possibly wrestling Kenny Omega in AEW, you're going to have to wait. It's going to happen. Just believe me, man. Believe Nostradamus. Finn Balor before the end of the year. I This is one of my predictions, man. I'm throwing them out slowly but surely. Finn Balor will be released before the end of 2022. That's my prediction. If he's not, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Plus, also, Finn Balor, he looks fucking amazing. And age should never be a a thing because we saw Sting on AEW Dynamite last night, 62 years old, jumping off stages through fucking tables. No, but Finn Balor's 40 years old. Uh, Finn Balor's too old. Finn Balor's too old. This is your fault. Finn Balor was at the peak of his career, and you realized when, several years ago, he did get hurt. But he was never the same after he got hurt. And WWE never really never really looked at him as being the same. But that's when you should have really invested in him. There's no way in hell WWE is going to invest in Finn Balor now that he's five years, six years older than that. Since he won the first Universal Championship, they're never going to push him. They're never going to push him. It's amazing. It's amazing, man. It's amazing how people don't really pick up on this. Balor was hot. Then WWE scaled him back. Balor was nothing more than a walking toothpaste ad smiling all over the place and the crotch shot as he did the fucking thing on the apron as if uh, Kevin Dunn had this infatuation with his fucking bulge, right? This guy was an underwear walking toothpaste model. I'd be shocked if Vince McMahon uh, did anything with him, period. Just seeing the size of Finn Balor. They tried. They made believe that Balor was going to do something. But the thing is, they buried him. They realized that I can't push this. We tried, but we can't. We want to, but we can't. They don't listen to the fucking fans. Then Balor goes back down to NXT. The guy's made into a main event guy, Triple H, like that. Uh, Balor, listen, Finn, you're back. We're going to give you the NXT title, man. You're going to be the face of the show, man. You're going to wrestle Cross. You're going to wrestle Keith Lee. You're going to wrestle Adam Cole. You're going to get into it with Johnny Gargano. We're going we're gonna to use you like Vince couldn't imagine. Then he gets called up in the draft, and what happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right back to where he was, probably even worse than his first main roster stint. Now, but I'm negative on WWE, man. Vince is negative on us. When are you going to fucking open your eyes and realize that the talent that Vince possesses, he doesn't realize what he has right now. He doesn't. And the show's... Look at that SmackDown roster, man. You tell me that Balor could not be used on SmackDown right now in a meaningful, major way. You mean to tell me that Balor couldn't be used on Raw? Look at how dull the show is, especially at the top. A Balor versus Rollins feud for the, for the WWE Championship sometime this year wouldn't draw money? Wouldn't be interesting based on the history of the Universal Championship or a championship in general between those two guys? It's ridiculous, man. Burying Balor, using him to get younger talents over. There's only so much someone like that can take. He may be happy for all we know. We don't know. But I know he's definitely worth more than that. And at some point, that man's going to wake up, open his eyes one morning and realize, you know what? I'm worth more than what they are using me. I need to get out of here. NXT, Tuesday night, record low rating with the key demo being the worst ever. No, but I thought Vince and Bruce were doing such a great job. Wow. 
Well, you really took over for Paul Levesque, man. You're really showing Paul Levesque, right? NXT 2.0, the ratings are in. 587,000 live viewers. This is down from 647,000 live viewers. The show did just one week ago. 0.11 rating in the 18 to 49. The show did a 0.14 rating just one week ago. This was the second straight week. Total viewership was down from what they did for the New Year's Evil edition a few weeks ago. It was also the lowest viewership since December 21st and tied the lowest key demo rating the show has done on the USA Network in 2022. Or in 2021, since 2019. Ranked number 50 in the cable top 150 shows for the night. That is down from a number 40 ranking just one week ago. NXT is a fucking circus. And nobody remembers anything from NXT this week because Walter got a name change. At the end of his match with Roderick Strong, he took the microphone and as the ring announcer was about to mention Walter wins the match, he says, no, the winner of the match is Gunther. Following his win over Roderick Strong, Gunther is the new name for Walter moving forward. WWE officially updated his WWE.com bio. WWE also recently filed a trademark for Gunther Stark. And once it realized what had happened, and once they realized what had happened, after a Google search, Gunther Stark is actually a real person who served as a Nazi Germany military commander manning U-boats during World War II. WWE got backlash. Backlash is an understatement from fans on social media. WWE's website updated Walter's new name to Gunther, like I mentioned. Although not confirmed, it appears WWE saw the backlash and decided to just go with Gunther instead of the originally planned name of Gunther Stark. Now, as of this morning which is a surprise to nobody because WWE is as clueless as they come. They have a bunch of fucking circus geeks running this fucking company. Something that a simple Google search could have prevented, but they don't really think ahead. Gunther Stark and the trademark for Gunther Stark has been abandoned by WWE. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's great. That's a great step one there, Bruce. How about we take it a step further and go to a step two and just eliminate and abandon Gunther altogether. WWE abandoned this after a backlash on social media. The filing was updated on January 19th, noting that the company had abandoned the registration of the trademark. Oh, really? Yeah, February 19th. Uh, By my calculations, that was yesterday. Status, abandoned because the applicant filed an express abandonment. This past Tuesday on NXT, Walter is now renamed Gunther. You know, I seen something floating around on Twitter and I and I backtracked and it is legit. It's coming from the trademark offices, U.S. patent. You know, WWE has had, and I sent this to Jesse. I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's in my phone. I'm going to read it to you. This is a screenshot. I don't have it on my PC. This states, back in 2019, Walter 
W-A-L-T-E-R, wrestling exhibitions and performances by professional wrestler and entertainer rendered live and through broadcast media, including television, radio, and via the internet or commercial online services, providing wrestling news and information via a global computer network, providing information in the field of sports via an online community portal. Standard character marking filed on August 19th, 2019. January 21, published in 2020. June 29, 2021, World Wrestling Entertainment is claimed as the owner. And the name shown is the mark which identifies Walter Hahn, whose consent to register is made on record, and it is now still live. Walter Hahn is Walter's real name, and he's given consent to WWE to trademark his name. Now, clearly he didn't know Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard were going to absolutely nuke NXT to the point in which we see it now. Walter's life was vastly different than what we see his life now. He was married, he's going through a divorce, he moved to the States, he's dating Ginny, according to reports. He's very much in love, he moved back to the States, he gave up his job where he was living overseas. He's now here living full-time in the United States after much hesitation. He didn't want to give WWE full-time for personal reasons and obviously career reasons. It's not difficult to see why he would be so hesitant. From that, the trademark for Walter is owned by WWE. You know, a lot of people wanted to give WWE the benefit of the doubt here. Everybody was like, oh, you know, WWE needs to own everything. Walter didn't want to give up the trademark to his name because he wants to reserve that in case anything goes wrong or if he leaves WWE, he's able to use that name. But I believe WWE also trademarked somebody like Mercedes Martinez and others that were released, but people are still using their names on the independent circuit continuing to work. So why wouldn't it be the same with Walter? Walter is his real fucking name. I, I, I don't get the, the entire situation here. They have his name trademarked. He gave consent for his name to be trademarked. All I heard from fucking Eshills, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's not that crazy. People are just fr- freaking out for no reason. He trademarked the name. Finch trademarked the name. They own the trademark for this guy's character and likeness on television. So why are we now in 2022 changing the name of Walter, which is already trademarked by WWE, to Gunther? Everybody wanted to give WWE the benefit of the doubt. Jesse, last night on Dynamite, gave WWE the benefit of the doubt. They wanted to trademark it for their own intellectual property and make money off of him when he eventually leaves the company and goes back to using Walter. They wanted to trademark his name on something else or with something else so that they may own the rights to everything that he's doing from this point on, which is understandable. But now that I found out that the trademark of Walter is owned by WWE and Walter gave consent to WWE, what's the problem? What's the problem? It's exactly what I mentioned 
on my NXT post-show on Tuesday. This was done for political reasons. There's no reason why you're going to take Walter, who had an NXT UK title reign of over 700 days and has made his WWE career very well known in the last three years. There's no reason why you're going to take all of that and wipe it away for something new moving forward. Everybody knows him as Walter. There's no reason why Walter should not be named Walter moving forward. There's no reason why you need to rename somebody that already has a solid name for himself in the entire sport. So why did they change it? I just mentioned wiping away. It's exactly what they did. See, the Walter that you and I know, the UK champion Walter, that Walter that we know, the NXT 1.0 Walter, that was a Triple H guy. That was a William Regal guy. Who do you think brought him into the company? Who do you think convinced him to join WWE? Who do you think built him up as the monster that he deserves to be built up as? Who do you think seen money in Walter and booked him appropriately and set him up to be the man in this company? Triple H, William Regal, all of Triple H's team. Vince was never going to have that. Bruce was never going to have that. I don't need to go over the situations that have occurred in the last year and a half. Not even a year and a half, six months. Look at Keith Lee. Look at Karrion Cross. Look at everybody that Triple H had brought into the company. Look at NXT 1.0, demolished to what we see it as now. All of its talent, gone. You think Vince wanted to push those guys? You think Vince wanted to push anybody that came from that brand? No, because he would have to give Triple H credit. You see, if you saw Walter in the main event of WrestleMania with Roman Reigns at some point, or you saw Walter in the main event of WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar, or Walter on a Monday Night Raw, or Walter on a SmackDown, or Walter on a WrestleMania, uh, period, WrestleMania graphic, it would mean that he's there because of what he built his name upon in WWE under the leadership of Triple H. Vince and Bruce need to put their own stink on it. And they do these things purposely. Walter should not have undergone a name change. They only did it to erase everything that Walter had done before Tuesday night. If you don't believe me, I don't really give a shit. Go tell somebody that JD's full of shit. Go watch somebody else that's going to give you a load of shit. And lie to you directly. Walter and everything that he had going for him up until Tuesday night was erased. This is now the Gunther era under Bruce Pritchard. He doesn't want you to remember anything. He doesn't want you to remember that unbelievable match with Ilya Dragunov that happened at TakeOver during the summer. You know, he doesn't want you to remember that. He doesn't want you to remember the great match with Tyler Bate. He doesn't want you to remember the great feud with Pete Dunne. He doesn't want you to remember anything that Walter did. None of it. No, but here we are with the Gunther era. Bruce Pritchard needs to be fired. Bruce Pritchard needs to be fired. Is there going to be big enough of a backlash where they change the name now that we know that Walter's trademark? WWE and their crooked ways, man. There's a reason why I hate this company. 
I, I can't even say that it's a, a love-hate relationship. I hate everything that they stand for. I hate the way that they operate. I hate the fact that they hate us and they don't appreciate us. I hope to God, I hope to God that people in NXT and people inside that performance center chant Walter when he's out there. I swear to God, if you people give in to Gunther and, and, and hear these Gunther chants, now then you, you're just giving in to the machine. You can't. You can't do it. I, I found an excerpt. I found an excerpt from Karrion Cross. He, he, he talked about the mask and the demolishing of his character and everything that was given to him in NXT being completely undone by Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on the main roster. Cross had this interview and he complained about everything that he had to go through and he blamed himself. He blamed himself. He said, I was too compliant with WWE creative. He gave in. Feedback from Vince McMahon, he says this, thus Cross. He told me he was very happy with everything I was doing in terms of bringing a character to life. Aside from the outfit, I, was, I wasn't given much direction. So I just continued doing what I was doing in NXT in terms of presentation, which unfortunately felt like it was amputated because Scarlett was still singing the music. She wasn't there. And there was the remnants of what we did in NXT with no explanation as to why the character was wearing a helmet and suspenders. Then he talks about what went wrong. And I quote, I'll take the onus and say right off the bat, I went wrong with this in retrospect, maybe perhaps being too over compliant. I wasn't crazy about the outfit. I felt comfortable wearing it. I knew it looked a little silly, but from my point of view, I wanted to embrace these ideas given to me because people had previously embraced the ideas I had given to them. It was a collaborative effort, always. I just wanted to demonstrate that. I probably should have said no, and I should have tried to sell them on what we created and did in NXT because I believe we should have stayed the course. The fans were invested. The moment we walked out there with the presentation we did in NXT, people online were saying that they wanted to see it at WrestleMania. And you said that they don't listen. You said that they don't care. Guys like Cross care. I really should have attempted to assert myself with that idea. Respectfully, where I think they went wrong with us was not providing the audience with a little bit of continuity and explanation as to what we were doing on because people checked out emotionally from what they were watching because they didn't have any explanation as to what was going on. In the written world of fiction, we can come up with any reason as long as it's logical and respectful to their intelligence as to why things are off or different. Week to week, they never got that and they checked out and got into analytical mode rather than enjoying the story and taking in what we were putting ourselves through. They just sat there going, what is going on? And that is the worst thing you could want in pro wrestling. When they are no longer attached emotionally, you are dead in the water, end quote. Every single word that that man uttered in that interview is spot on 100% correct. Cross should not blame himself, though I do wish people like Cross and people like Keith Lee and people like Ricochet and people like that, Black, Andrade, and everybody else that's come and gone in the NXT that we fucking 
loved. Why wasn't Walter speaking up about this? Why? Why? Walter is just like Cross and blaming himself now. Compliant. They're too compliant with Bruce. There's too much faith given to Bruce. There's too much power given to Bruce and somebody like that. Vince, I don't know if you'll ever convince Vince of something being wrong or off or not right. Vince is going to do what he wants. But when he hears it from somebody like Bruce and somebody like Bruce tells Vince what he thinks, it's never going to be anything different. It's never going to be anything opposing Vince McMahon's opinion. He's always going to be that yes man. Why wasn't Walter sticking up for what he's built over all these years, built a name, built a, built a career off of what he's done with the Walter name? Where was Walter in this? You mean to tell me that he didn't speak up? I don't think this is right. I don't think this is going to work out. Why, why do I have to reinvent myself after I spent all these years building the Walter name and my character off of this as my name? Did nobody in NXT speak up about this? Where's Shawn Michaels? I thought he was in charge. Oh, that's right. Shawn Michaels is the only one that remains. William Regal, gone. Road Dog, gone. Gabe Sapolsky, gone. How soon are the others going to be gone? Soon. Walter should have spoken up. Complained about this? How many times in different situations? The Rollins, Wyatt, Hell in a Cell. Where was Rollins to say to everybody, this is not going to work? This is not going to work. You can voice your anger to me after the fact three years later, but it doesn't matter. You still allowed it to happen. What about Goldberg beating Wyatt? Doesn't Goldberg get enough accolade? For being Goldberg and all that he's done in his career? Yeah, let me fly 18 hours to bury Wyatt and have his character completely dead, never to return. Now, Vince, I don't think we should bury Bray Wyatt. He's your new guy. He's got this new character that's working for him. I can't take the title off him. That would be a, a disservice to you and the company and Wyatt. I don't need the championship. Did Goldberg utter anything like that before uh, this match was announced? No, of course not. Of course not. Nobody speaks up about anything. Now, granted, you don't have the power that you do if you're a Randy Orton or like a Randy Orton or a John Cena or, or Roman Reigns, right? Roman Reigns. They give this guy, they bend over backwards to give Roman Reigns what he wants. He wants to go on either first or last. He's never going to go on in the middle of a show. If he's opening the show, then he is going to open the show. If something else on that show is bigger, I'm going to open. I'm not going to be in the middle of the fucking show. He wanted Paul Heyman. They gave him Paul Heyman. He wanted to turn heel. He wanted to be a little bit more of a badass. They gave him everything that he wanted. But someone like this, you can't speak up? If Walter spoke up, theoretically, realistically, if Walter spoke up and, and, and defended his fucking stance here, right? What are you going to do? Look at Walter and tell him no? You, you can't look at this guy and get into a verbal back and forth and not understand where he's coming from. Look at the fucking guy. Do you want him to walk? 
or do you want him to give you the best that he has to make your show, to make your fucking events better? If Walter defied Bruce, what was Bruce going to do? Fire him there? Not put him on TV? Give me a fucking break. Where is everybody's balls? That's what I want to know. Seems like they get in the presence of Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon and there's no balls. Their balls just fucking sink. It's sad. It really is sad. I don't know. Will we get used to it? Probably. My gripe is that it's unnecessary. You take your fans for granted and you erase like that. You erase everything that was done previously because you had nothing to do with it. But Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, they will have everything to do with the Gunther era. The Triple H era, the Triple H Walter that we remember? Nah. That can't be on TV. We can't have Triple H's guy main eventing WrestleMania. We're going to have our guy, and our guy is Gunther. When somebody shills you a bullshit fucking response to why this happened, I want you to compare their answer to mine, and then I want you to really think who's right and who's wrong. More than likely, you'll come right back here and say, JD, you were right all along. I know, motherfucker. I know. Vince McMahon's role in NXT. How many of you are wondering what Vince McMahon does in NXT 2.0? I got the answer for you. But I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge. Ringside News, which has several backstage reports confirmed by Fightful and Dave Meltzer, is reporting that NXT has been run through with Bruce being number one and Ed Kosky being under Bruce Pritchard. This has been since the beginning of NXT 2.0. Oh, but I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge. Vince McMahon then is the one who approves things. And this has been the system since the day Triple H stopped going because of his (laughs) heart attack. A source within WWE also confirmed that Dave Kapoor and Russo, I don't know this guy's name, Russo, No relation to Vince Russo, though. Buffer, HBK, or at least buffered, HBK, Road Dogg, William Regal, and Gabe Sapolsky. Buffering meaning, I'm guessing they bounce ideas off of. I guess those guys kind of bounce ideas off of Triple H, uh, Road Dogg, uh, HBK, Regal, Gabe Sapolsky. uh, Because if something didn't work out or there was a disagreement there, they were uh, the guys that stepped in between and said, hey, let's uh, let's talk this out. We like your idea. We like our idea. Let's come up with uh, uh, a fusing of our ideas collectively. So that's what I think buffer means there. Nothing else has been different in NXT. The only difference is now the staff is a lot slimmer. Pritchard and Koski take the scripts to Vince McMahon for review with Ringside News noting that the orders now come down from Vince, Pritchard, and Koski as to who they want pushed and how. At that point, staff that week write it up, and then it's reviewed by Vince, which is usually Mondays in Titan Tower. Oh, but I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge. JD, write again. Check! Been saying it for two fucking years. Scotty too hottie. He also got up and just packed his bags and went home because he realized what was going on. 
I commend the guy because he saw the writing on the wall and he said, fuck you guys, I'm not being fired. I'm walking out because your shit sucks. What you're doing here to this great fucking performance center and this great brand, go shove it up your ass. He talked about the NXT locker room before the, re- the rebranding. He believed he believed in the We Are NXT slogan. Hunter used to say that we have this culture here and that if we could bottle it up, we could make millions off this culture. The backstage culture of We Are NXT was a real thing. That was a real pride amongst the roster. I felt like that's been lost to a degree, he says. It was the coolest environment I've ever been a part of in my 30 years of wrestling. It was still a wrestling business, don't get me wrong, but there were certain things, a certain pride there that wasn't anywhere else. It started to change. They started coming in with rules. One of the first weeks since COVID was they start to let us wear NXT tracksuits to TV because we don't see anybody. We come into the Performance Center for television. We don't have any fans waiting outside. And for the longest time, there weren't any fans in the building. It was all in-house people, so we were all wearing NXT tracksuits. As soon as it started to change, Hunter went away. And then other guys came in. And it was, okay, we got to get back to business. Casual again. The next week, it was, Vince wants the coaches to look younger, so we need you guys to start dyeing your beards and cutting your hair. So for all those people that want to know why Tommaso Ciampa uh, dyed his beard black instead of keeping the, uh, the gray, which made him who he is. Now, you want to know where that came from? Clearly, Scotty Tuhati said it without actually mentioning Vince's name. Well, he actually did mention Vince's name, but if you guys uh, didn't hear Vince's name mentioned in the original Tommaso Ciampa report, now you know that Vince dyed Tommaso Ciampa's beard black instead of it being gray and cutting our hair. I literally lost sleep over it. I've had every kind of facial hair, dye, goatee, the beard, spiked hair, bald head. It's not about that. It's like if they're going to have us jump through hoops like monkeys just to see if they'll do it, So if you do that, what's next? What's next? No, but I thought thought Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon weren't going to uh, be in charge of NXT. What happened? The entire environment. The the entire environment has changed. Everything has changed. It's gone. The family that Triple H created, we are NXT, gone. Just like Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown, there is no difference. But I guess that's good for uh, Tony D'Angelo and a Braun Breaker. Now you get to know what it's like on Monday and Friday because they're doing it on Tuesday. There's no difference. There's no difference. You might as well be prepared for what to expect when they get you that phone call and you get called up to die a thousand deaths on Monday night. SmackDown's ratings. The Friday night edition of SmackDown was uh, 2.174 million viewers on Fox. That's down from the 2.271 just uh, two weeks ago, uh, in the 18 to 49 demographic, the show did a 0.56. That's down from the 0.58 rating the show did a week ago. Last week's show was the highest total viewership since December 17th and the highest key demo rating since October 22nd. SmackDown, I did not watch. And looking at the results, I'm glad I had House of Glory to do on Friday night. Drew McIntyre, possible return date to WWE. This is according to PW Insider. Drew has been advertised for the March 25th episode of SmackDown scheduled to tape in Brooklyn, New York. While it wouldn't be the first time that the advertisements have put somebody on the show, even though that stuff goes out well in advance, WWE has Drew McIntyre there to simply sell tickets. 
It's better with him there than him not being there because WWE has had a very difficult time selling out the New York market. So clearly they're going to use McIntyre's likeness to sell tickets for the show. Uh, I'm hearing that he could be back before WrestleMania. If he is, I don't know what he's doing. So I'm assuming that it will be McIntyre versus Happy Corbin at WrestleMania because clearly everything with him being out is moving forward Lesnar and Reigns. And I assumed that he would get through Happy Corbin, get through the Royal Rumble, and then February, March, and then some of April, he'd be focusing on challenging for the WWE title. So it looks like Drew McIntyre, the longer he's out, uh, this is like two or three weeks before WrestleMania, it, it seems like everything else is uh, moving on without him and that he may be stuck with Happy Corbin at WrestleMania if he does indeed come back to the WWE, which I hope. It's not even the fact that I want him back. SmackDown needs him back. SmackDown desperately cannot afford to have Drew McIntyre be out for an extended period of time with a neck injury. Cannot. That brand right now is, oh my goodness, absolutely a complete dumpster fire. Sami Zayn signed the new WWE contract. This is not new information. This is now just confirmed information. It was reported in mid-December that Sami Zayn was rumored to have signed a new WWE contract as his previous deal was set to expire at the end of 2021. In an update, word now is that Zayn signed a multi-year contract with WWE. This is according to Fightful Select. There's no word on the exact length of the deal, but it could be for three years that several talents have resigned for, including Zayn's good friend Kevin Owens, which he signed a two to $3 million contract for three years. Zayn was said to be kind of private about his contract negotiations with WWE, and the company made it clear that they wanted to retain his services, so a new deal was reached. There was talk within AEW of uh, you know Zayn leaving WWE and joining AEW. Uh, maybe he goes back to Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor closed down. Uh, maybe he does stuff in Impact. Who knows? He probably would have ended up in AEW. El Generico probably would have been brought back. But uh, WWE, like the report said, wanted to retain his services. Now, Zayn is currently in a feud with Jackass star Johnny Knoxville for payoff in the Royal Rumble match later this month. He was also the, uh, or is rather, the current number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship and Shinsuke Nakamura. But there's no word on when that title match will happen as Nakamura has been recovering from a hand injury for the last several months. Zayn originally signed a three-year deal in 2018, which was modified due to his time off for... I believe, shoulder surgery. He will remain with the company for the next few years. Zayn is great. Zayn is awesome. Will WWE uh, appreciate Sami Zayn that he is now re-signed with the company? Yes and no. They look at something like this, and instead of going to straight punishment and maintaining that punishment over extended months, Sami Zayn will be used as a jobber. Sami Zayn will be used as a joke. Sami Zayn will be used in these uh, lame segments with... Johnny Knoxville and Logan or Jake Paul, whoever they decide to bring in, because he is great at what he does. He generates legit heat. He's entertaining. But WWE will not forever punish Sami Zayn. They'll they'll throw him uh, a cookie crumb every now and then, and the latest cookie crumb will be the Intercontinental Championship. They will, and they should give the Intercontinental Championship to Sami Zayn. What he does with it is uh, up to Bruce Pritchard, Seeing that we got Apollo and Shinsuke Nakamura, the feeling from me personally is that WWE doesn't give a shit about the Intercontinental Championship. But Sami Zayn, listen, he's not going to be a world champion. I think we got to get used to him being in the mid-card the way he is. He's not going to be a a breakout guy. He's not a a ratings draw. I I wish they'd use him in a little bit more of a serious role instead of the clown joke-like role that they usually give him. 
Sami Zayn is great, and I hope WWE realizes in these three years what Sami Zayn can provide them and why he signed with the company. Seriously. That takes a lot of guts and balls to re-sign with the company knowing that you haven't been treated the best. And he wanted to stay there. Hopefully, WWE reciprocates that type of loyalty back to Sami Zayn. Sheamus. Sheamus is not a fan of announcing Royal Rumble entrance early. Did you tell this to Bruce Pritchard? Probably not. Just like Walter didn't fight for his fucking name. It was announced on previous weeks of Friday Night SmackDown. We got men's names added to the Royal Rumble. We got women's names added to the Royal Rumble. We got Mickey James, Lita, Summer Rae, and Michelle McCool, and all these legends coming back, right? Everybody was announced. They announced like 20 women, 19 to be exact. 19 women announced on one night of the Royal Rumble. Like, where's the surprise? I even mentioned that. Why are you announcing everybody in the Royal Rumble? Why don't you wait till the buzzer goes off? That's one of the primary reasons why we love the Royal Rumble so much because we don't know who's coming out after 90 seconds. But WWE opted to put everybody on a graphic and surprise everybody with who's going to be in the match one month before we actually get to the fucking show. So Sheamus says this, and I quote, I know this year they've announced a lot of contestants for the Women's Royal Rumble. I like the fact that they just show up. I'm not a huge fan of telling people who's going to be in there. I think the men's one is a bit more secretive. They've announced like 10 people who are on the active roster. On the women's side, there's a lot of girls coming back. It shows how much they've missed the product and missed being in the ring. Now, he didn't really, he didn't really uh, embellish on it too much. He was very... He was very uh, WWE-esque in his reply. He can't really go out there and give you what he's really feeling. I I don't like it. If it was up to me, all I'd show is a select few. This is all I do every year. Bring back the old basket that they used to turn. Pull out the fucking number, man. You know, give me me five or six guys who are going to be in the Rumble. It could be mid-card guys. Pull out the fucking number, open it up. Oh, man. And and do their facial reactions. Which means they got a low number or they smile so you know uh, very evil like and they're like, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do good with that number, you know, which would indicate to me that he's got a good draw. But WWE doesn't know how to have fun. They don't know how to make anything important. So I don't like it either. If it was up to me, I wouldn't announce anybody in the Royal Rumble. But WWE obviously opted to go in a different way, and they tend to be getting worse every year with the Royal Rumble. It's not important anymore. It's not as important as it should be, and I hate that. Rampage numbers are in. Rampage drew 526,000 viewers on Friday night. 0.20 rating in the 18 to 49 demo on TNT at the 10 p.m. time slot. Last week's show did 588,000 viewers in a 0.24 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. So they were obviously down. They ranked number 15 this week in the cable top 150. They ranked number seven last week on the same chart. And Ray Phoenix, guys, finally, before we get out of here, Ray Phoenix, everybody was just uh, very squeamish. I, I can't even I can't even talk about it, man. I can't even think about it. The arm injury to Ray Phoenix, I legitimately thought he broke his arm. It was one of the most gruesome things in all my years watching pro wrestling that I've actually seen firsthand live on television. Never want to see it again. Ray Phoenix on the January 5th episode looked like he broke his arm in a table spot being chokeslammed by Luchasaurus in a tag team title match against Jurassic Express, teaming with his brother, Penta. The initial fear was that the arm was broken, but thankfully, x-rays showed that there was no fracture to the bone. 
It's unknown at this time how long the, or it was unknown at that time how long the injury would force Phoenix to be away from the ring. But Meltzer talked about Phoenix on today's Wrestling Observer Live. According to Meltzer, we can expect to see Phoenix back in the ring in February. That is amazing. It's unbelievable, man. Seeing that injury and then February, it's almost as if you can't fucking believe it. It's almost like he's not human. He's not of this earth. Phoenix, hopefully for mid-February, so not out as long as we feared when we first saw the injury. End quote, says Meltzer. Now, I know February 12th, we have a House of Glory show in Queens with the Lucha Brothers supposedly being the star attraction for that show. Will he be able to make that show is what I want to know. That would make House of Glory management very, very happy because they were scrambling to find replacements for both Phoenix and Penta. Phoenix couldn't make it because of the injury, and Penta, I believe, he had something going on with his uh, his visa. Wouldn't be able to make the show. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what happens, man. So uh, Ray Phoenix, we could expect back on television in February. And if that is the case, my God, man, God bless that man's soul. Hopefully he takes it a little bit easy moving forward. No more. Uh, I'm not saying you can't take risks. I'm not saying you can't be Ray Phoenix. But spots like that, man, in that type of match, in that moment, during the match, completely, completely unnecessary. Guys, I am getting out of here. Thank you very much for all of your support. Hit that thumbs up. Let me know what you guys are thinking about these full-fledged podcasts on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, I've enjoyed doing them this week. This is uh, a test run. Uh, I will be briefing you guys on uh, a more public forum about this. I don't know what I want to do moving forward. I, I kind of want to be on top of all the news during the week and kind of give myself a nice little break on the weekend. Uh, I think it was just getting formulaic for me, doing the podcast on Saturday and waiting. So uh, I've opted to do uh, the podcast on Tuesday where we did episode 403 talking about Omos and giving our fantasy booking situation going into WrestleMania. And then today we talked about the Walter situation. We talked about Finn Balor and everything else that broke today in the world of professional wrestling. Man, you guys let me know what you guys uh, are enjoying. If you want it to be this way from now on, you guys sound off in the comments. Man, the comments are yours. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 minimum on today's OTS 404 Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. And also make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Enjoy your Thursdays. And I'll be back live tomorrow night right here in the venue on YouTube, off the script, SmackDown and Rampage post show right here on OTS. So make sure you guys join me tomorrow night live for the podcast and the post show on Friday night. See you guys later.